Remember back in the day when you asked your teacher for a similar, or maybe you had a student ask you the other day, anyhow, and your teacher gave you a condescending, condescending look and said, there's no such thing as a simile poem. Poems are in, similes are in poems, but it's not a simile poem. Well, <laughs> I got news for old Mrs. Cratchity there. There is literally a simile poem, or miraculously a poem called Simile by N. Scott Moma Day, which is our national poem today. Hey, this is Trent Lorcher, and welcome to the Teaching ELA podcast, where I help ELA teachers thrive in and out of the classroom. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms, whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy. I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. Okay, I want to tell you a little bit about what we have over at ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. With ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, there'll be no more stammering through 45 minutes of discussing a poem that takes. Our poetry teaching guides include a summary and analysis of dozens of poems. We're ready to annotate and analyze copy of each graphic organizers for digging deeper into metaphors, similes, personification, imagery, and theme. A guide for annotating and analyzing a poem and answer keys for everything we have individual poems and sets of poems all easily downloaded into a PDF file. All you need to do is make copies and then do what you do. Put a link in the show notes so you can uh, check out these poem poetry units over at ELA Common Core Lesson Plans.com. But enough of the plug, enough of me plugging my website. <laughs> you know, it, I'll be honest, if you had a website as awesome as mine, you'd probably tell a lot of people about it too. Because it is awesome. ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. But before we do that, let's get to the one thing you need to teach when teaching simile by N. Scott Mama Day. All right, that sound can only mean one thing. It means it's time for the one thing. That's right. If there's one thing you teach from this story, it's going to be this right here. All right, obviously it's similes, <laughs> right? Only thing is there's only one simile, and it's an extended simile. Let's read the poem. A simile by Ian Scott Momaday. What did we say to each other that now we are as the deer, who walk in single file, with heads high, with ears forward, with eyes watchful, with hooves always placed on firm ground, in whose limbs there is latent flight? One simile, short poem. I'll get to that in a second. But since we're on the subject of similes, since it is the one thing... By the way, I put in a lesson plan for examples of figurative language and poetry. I don't know if you can do an entire lesson plan uh, on similes in this poem, because again, there's only one. You could. I mean, it's, an ex- it's, it's, the, it's a Homeric simile. It's a long, drawn-out simile made famous by our good friend Homer, who wrote the Odyssey. Sometimes it's called a Homeric simile. Did I just say that? Been a long day in the classroom today. Anyhow, show notes, lesson plan, on figure language and poetry. Perhaps you could read a series of poems, or you could do, if you go back to day one at the National Poetry Month podcast, you will find a great lesson plan, how to annotate and analyze it. This one might work. It's short enough that you could write and uh, write an analysis of it. Take up the whole class. And you'd be doing something productive. I'm referring to teaching the poem, not like on the internet while they're writing. We've never done that. I better get, I better get focused on similes now before I say too much. All right, so uh, the guide I'm going to share with you on mastering similes is as useful as a high-powered magnet in a grain silo. The poetry master should be able to, first of all, Anyone who's going to master literature or poetry or a standardized test needs to be able to define simile. 
you need to be able to give the definition. We all know it's the comparison between two unlike things using like or as. It's an indirect comparison. This step one, level one, we'll call it, this level can be accomplished by anybody willing to spend the four minutes necessary for memorization. In fact, you could teach this to a group of turtles and eventually one of them would accidentally type it out. Now, why are your turtles type? I don't know. They're your turtles, right? Why are your turtles typing? Let me know if they come up with that simile definition. You could teach this to a first grader. They'd re so that brings us to level two, which is identify similes. This is good. It's good. A student should be able to go in and identify. If you, it's one thing to define it, but if you can identify them, there's some application there, I suppose. But it's still, this still falls short of mastery. Number three, interpret similes. Explaining why the author chooses a particular simile and what effect it has on the poem's theme makes one nearly a master of simile. So now we're talking the real deal here. This is this is when students when students can do this, then we can be assured that at least they're able to think critically, that they can, in fact, take a piece of evidence and make an intelligent interpretation using evidence to support their analysis. And number four, use similes, being able to use similes to convey more clearly a specific message means mastery. This is the ultimate goal here, right? We want students to be able to use similes to make their writing, their speaking. So let's take a look at the specific poem that we already read, Simile by N. Scott Momaday. Uh, the entire poem is a simile. Line two contains the comparison, and we are like the deer. Actually, it says, now we are as the deer. Now we are as the deer. Momaday writes of the fate of Native Americans having himself grown up on the Kiowa Indian Reservation. The deer is portrayed as submissive yet noble, able to break forth without So this is interesting. Mention that uh, level three of simile mastery is explaining why the author chooses a particular simile. He he's, he's comparing himself to the deer, his people to the deer. And what do you think, and I'm, and I'm speculating here if I'm wrong, if I'm offending people, by suggesting that Native Americans of the Kiowa tribe probably hunted deer. I believe the Kiowa, Kiowas lived in South Carolina. I know because there's a, a Kiowa island just outside, uh, just across the water from a place I went to last year or three years ago. Can't remember the name of it. Hilton Head. Whew, I think I only lived a year and a half in South Carolina. I do know there are a lot of deers. In fact, one time there was, uh, six or seven deers running across my front yard. So I'm guessing that Momaday and his people hunted deer. And now, why would he choose that simile? Because now he and his people are the ones being hunted, walking in single file, heads high, ears forward, eyes watch hooves always placed on firm ground and in whose limbs there is latent flight. Got to watch the deer carefully or they're going to run away. And that's what he's saying. They better watch us carefully because if they turn their eye, we're out of here. So Momaday writes of the fate of Native Americans having himself grown up. I already read that, the whole thing. I read it again because I felt you need to hear it. All right, the deer. I'm going to gallop on out of here. Hope you, hope you are enjoying National Poetry. Oh, I am.